Oh, all right, we're on. How are you then, ladies? How are you? Very well, thank you. Yeah, yes. just yeah. in a book with Julie Robson-Gill. Oh, yes, Julie Gill, the great and powerful in the group. How far did you go? 10,000 steps. Yes, <laughs> powerful. How long did that take? That must take an hour and a half. An hour and a half, an yes. hour and a half. And so much nicer today than the last few days. Oh my God, it's been so cold the last few days. But today, I had to take my gloves off as we were walking around. <laughs> it has been freezing, hasn't it? I heard in Scotland, it's been like minus 20 to minus 30. I don't even know, wow. I, don't, I don't even know what that is. I didn't know that was a real thing <laughs> until somebody told me what happens when things get that cold. That's <clears throat> insane. Yeah, yeah. No, it was much more pleasant today. Much more pleasant, but yeah. How is your, how's your lower back been as well? Because you've been upping the walking, haven't you? But then you've been having a little bit of lower back tightness. It's been absolutely fine since I've been doing those stretches. Oh. Uh, well, I can't sort of believe that it would be better that quickly, but it, oh, it seems to be. I've not had any problems today or any other day since I've been doing them. You've been looking after it correctly. Um, I'm the exact same. It's you know, People find when they do exercise, people have weak points let's say yours might be your lower back mine is the back of the ankle and underneath my foot i can walk all day all night and run all day and all night and my knees won't hurt my hips will feel fine everything's fine except the backs of my ankles will just fall to bits and the bottoms of my feet start to get in so much pain and i've had recurring foot injuries from this so for me i just have to do a few foot stretches before and after long walks or running exercises or leg training and then that everything else is fine that just keeps that nice and in check and if i don't do that i'll start to get injured and it'll start to feel bad so i have to and maybe that's you with the lower back as well if that's the part that's being affected the most you're just looking after it yes <laughs> i'm really proud of you as well because it was new territory for you wasn't it um, new every way yeah yeah all that stretching business you've never done anything like that and you were a little bit scared weren't you <laughs> And it's natural to be scared of new things. That's just normal, isn't it? But how did you find it? Not bad once you tried it. Not it's scary. You know what? I'm scared of you. That's the thing. You're scared of me. <laughs> Come on. Come on. I'm wearing a pink t-shirt. This is how cute I am. Come on. Cut me some slack. <laughs> no, but the, as I tried to explain, well, I didn't try to, I did explain to you that and I was talking, I met, met up with Tracy Viner as well on Saturday for a walk. And we were talking about things about, you know, things that you can't do or things that you've not been able to do for years when you're carrying around a lot of weight. And um, she understood perfectly. Well, so, so many different things that her and I were talking about were, you know, we've got in common through through carrying weight around for a long time. And, you know, the, the biggest problem I had was when you, I said to you, is there any stretching exercises you can send me? I thought you might send me some pictures or some videos or something. And when you said, yeah, we can, we can have a stretching session or something, I thought, well, that means I'm gonna have to get on the floor. And I can't, I haven't been on the floor for about 40 years. I've, I just have not been on the floor. And you see, Tracy said to me, well, don't you have any nieces or nephews or grandchildren or anything where you've had to get on the floor with them? And, and I haven't, you know, I haven't got any small children. So I guess if I had, then that might have come up. But it's, I've not, been, I've not had to, therefore I haven't, therefore I've assumed that I can't, therefore I've never really thought of it as something that I wanted to do or needed to do. And um, when I said to you, well, I need to get on the floor and you went, uh, yeah, you know, or, or words to that effect, <laughs> I thought, well, I won't be able to do it then. So I just won't be able to do it. And then 
you know, my husband Steve said, well, why don't you just try getting on the floor while I'm here and then I can help you if, um, you know, if you get stuck or anything. Um, it's, you know, it's, all, it's awful. It's not, it's not something that, well, it's embarrassing. It's really embarrassing the thought that I, I, did, I didn't think I could get on the floor. And if I got on the floor, I didn't think I'd be able to get back up from the floor again. And I got on and got back off really easily, which then you think, well, why did I think I couldn't? But I knew, I thought I couldn't because I couldn't, you know what I mean? I could have passed at some point between not being able to and being able to, obviously, you know, it's got to be the weight loss. It's got to be because there's nothing else changed in, in me. So, so yeah, it was a really big thing that, really big thing. Doing the stretches was great. But the getting up, up and down off the floor was the biggest achievement, actually. I had faith in you. Um, like, I, I would have been surprised if you couldn't, unless you had knee issues or hip issues. And then it's perfectly understandable. To me, I find this not a barrier because I've coached so many people who, if they get on the floor, they can't get back up. This doesn't matter to me. This doesn't mean we can't do things. Uh, if you can move at all, we can do things. If we have to do it sat in a chair, we can do stretches sat in a There's loads of things we can do. And most people can get up and down if they, if they know the technique. We even discussed some techniques of getting up and down, which is something you never think about, isn't it? Yeah. People don't yeah. know. People don't think about this, but there's better and worse ways to get up and down, easier and harder ways. Um, and using a chair or something like this as well, like a little prop on the side, most people can get up. If they're even if even if they have to be taught a little bit of technique, so I, I had confidence in you. But I agree, it's a big thing. It's a big thing. Um, the other reason I have confidence is people think people think I'm scarier with personal training than I actually am. <laughs> but re really, the way that it is is the personal training goes the exact same way that this diet goes. It goes the same way as the Six Steps to Slim program goes, in principle anyway, where people think the diet's going to be really scary as well. And they think, oh my God, I'm not going to be able to do it. Oh my God, it's going to be awful. It's going to be so much pressure. It's going to be this, it's going to be that. And it'll be, it'll be none of what they think. What it'll be like is we'll start where you're at, which it's if, if it's in the, ch sat in your, the chair you're in now, okay, we'll start there. We'll start where you're at and we'll start, we'll just do a little bit. We'll just do some things that are appropriate for wherever you're at. And then next time we'll do a little bit more and we'll go forward and forward and forward. And I was, a, I was a personal trainer full-time for years and years and years and years and years and years. And I've worked with people with basically every disability, every knee issue, every hip issue, every replacement, everything. I've worked with people whose arms don't bend further than this. I've worked with people whose, people whose legs do not bend further than this. That is the full range of motion and there's nothing they can do about it. Like such unbelievable bad knee problems and stuff like this. And there's always things you can do. If your knee moves that far, I guess what we'll do? We're going to move it that far. <laughs> that's what we'll do. And over time, we'll see where it gets to. And that's anyway, I'm proud of you. Anyway, I'm proud of you. Hello as well, Jill. Sorry, we're. It's okay. Na Hello. <laughs> nattering off topic. How are you today, Jill? Uh, good, thank you. I'm a bit annoyed with myself because I lost it a little bit at the weekend, but I'm back on it with a vengeance today. Yes. Were you having Valentine's treats? Because I were, and today I've got stomachache. It's true. Yes. Yeah, today my stomach feels sensitive because last night I had a Valentine's dessert and it was a salted caramel goo cheesecake, one of those ones in those little glass pots, if you've ever seen or tried this, um, and a tub of Haagen-Dazs ice cream, which was this big. Um, it's like 230 calories or something for the pot, and it was Lotus Biscoff um, Haagen-Dazs ice cream. And... <laughs> My, my tongue said yes, 
my stomach said, what have you done? <laughs> my stomach said, what have you done? <laughs> what is this awfulness that you've just put into us? So today I'm like, oh, I just feel, don't know, not quite right, not quite right. What happened over your weekend, Jill? Well, it wasn't just the weekend. It was a bit of last week as well. I think I got a bit lax. And although I still wrote my calories down every single day, I was I was doing things like I used to do, like shoving a great big pile of grated cheese, thinking it wouldn't count, shoving it into my mouth really fast before my partner came. <laughs> well, kitchen, fast you know? calories don't count. Is this how it goes? Yeah, it's like <laughs> coming, like getting as much in as I could, as if he's monitoring me anyway. I'm monitoring myself. If he's, so that's did, a good I point. Did, I did lots of stupid things and, you know, and then this morning my weight was up two pounds. Now I know that's not two pounds of fat. I do know that's going to be, um, I had a load of salt on my roast potatoes and things like that. So it's going to be fluid. And I've said to myself, just straight back on it now. And that will be off in an instant. But I'm very, very cross with myself for doing it. Well, it's, it's good to talk about it like this because, and it's good for you to recognize your own feelings and your own actions. Cause we all do this. We all over it at a certain time. I'm recognizing the repercussions of my own actions as well now. So it's good for us to talk about it. I did this. Obviously, we do things because we think it's going to make us happy and it's going to be a good time. That's why, that's why I ate the cake. That's why you ate the cheese, because you think this is going to be a good time. If it ultimately turns out not to be a good time, <laughs> it's important to reinforce this back to ourselves by having conversations like this. This is why we check in, etc. isn't it? So we say, right, I ate this dessert. I thought it was going to be amazing, but overall it was okay, but it's not really that amazing. So next time let's try and not do that thing. And that just helps us move forward, doesn't it? And we all just learn. We all get a little bit better. We all get under control a little bit more over time. And you are quite right. It's not all going to be body fat. Some might be body fats. If you went over maintenance, the calories over maintenance, that's the exact amount of body fat that's stored. You know, if, when the calories go over maintenance, if it goes over by 300, doesn't matter what your weight went up you stored 300 calories worth of fat, which would be 0 0.9, 0.09 of a pound, something like that, just less than 0.1, basically. Um, even if your weight went up two pound, it's the, that's why it's good to track your calories, even if you go over maintenance, even if you're overeating, because then if your weight does go up four pound or three pound, you, you can actually think, mm, well, okay, I know that I only went over maintenance over those two days by a thousand so it's not really, because then it looks like if it's two pound, it's 7,000 calories to diet it back down because we know it works, but it's not going to be. It's going to be like you said, weight that goes on fast, comes off fast, isn't it? It'll be off in the same amount of time it went on, which will be less than a week, won't it? I'll make me for tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. We'd all like that, wouldn't we? We'd all like that. Uh, sometimes it does. Sometimes it literally does. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it takes three or four days, etc. It's it's different things for different people's bodies. Some people people just respond differently to overeating and to different foods. Some people's weight shoots up and down. Some people, if they overeat a little bit, their weight goes on a lot, and then it takes ages to come back down and they try and drag it down. Then they overeat a little bit, boom, and the weight goes back up. But still, you've got to tr trust regard regardless of this. Again, this is why it's good to track the calories so that you know. You know if the calories are under maintenance, the fat's coming off regardless of what the weight does, if we know it's right and it's accurate. So you're back on it with a vengeance today, are you? Totally, yeah. Everything's planned, dinner's ready to go in and, you know, everything's just, and I've just had a salad for lunch. 
So it's just like, just get back on track because I was feeling so much better and I need to continue that feeling because Lynn and I have had a discussion of, are we ever going to go back well, to how we were? Well, quite frankly, no, Ooh. I'm not. Yeah. I don't think Ooh, it was. Nice. No, it's funny because I wait, I had a conversation this morning with Julie Gill because um, she said that she'd had a bit of a blowout yesterday. Um, and, you know, she had a bit of a blowout yesterday. Jill had a bit of a whatever, you know, however many people you talk to, and we've had this conversation before, we'll have whatever you want to call it, a blowout, a fell off the wagon, whatever. But the difference now compared to anything else that we've ever done is the day after you're back on it again. You don't sort of think to yourself, well, I'll wait until a week on Monday or I've blown it or, or I've blown it now so I might as well X, Y, Z. It's almost that, and Connor and I have had the conversation before, you know, will we ever stop having blowouts? And the answer is no, really, because oh, we're human no. beings, you know, and, and we're going to see things that we fancy or we're going to be on holiday or somebody's going to buy us a present or it's going to be Christmas or Valentine's Day or whatever. So we're going to do that. But the difference is the day after you think, OK, that was yesterday. This is now today. I'm, I'm going to continue today as I did prior to yesterday rather than rather than, well, I might as well carry on with what I did yesterday. And that's that's the big difference to me. Yeah, let's call it a blowout. But the difference is over time. Do you, does anybody ever eat perfectly and stop overeating sometimes? No. But what you class as a blowout gets smaller. Like how much you actually, let's say, blow it out, this goes down over time. Even to the point where your stomach's just smaller and you feel sick faster. If you, if you eat too much junk and if you've not been drinking as much alcohol, you get drunk faster. This kind of thing. It just, your body kind of adapts. And so the amount you blow it out goes down. How quick you get back on it, I agree, goes up. So you get back on it faster. How long you're on it between blowouts extends. Mm, and this is how the improvement goes. And it takes... It takes a long time. You could look at it over any time span. Like the, the, the actual fat loss process doesn't take that long. It's, it's usually for most people a period of months or a small amount of years, isn't it? It's an accumulation of months or a small amount of years, one or two, basically, if you've got larger weight loss goals or something. But then there's still improvement to be made and there's still battles to be had and obstacles will still occur and you'll still get stressed and you'll still want a takeaway and fancy a drink and a celebration and social and this and that and Christmas all the time and holidays all the time, all these things. It never stops. It gets easier, not only through the control, not only through habits as well, um, but through many, many things many things it gets easier and easier and easier the longer you try yeah <laughs> solid answer <laughs> yes with a sigh <laughs> it's true it is true but but it's also the reason i say it like that is because it's forever and sometimes when you think of that it can be a bit you know god is it this is forever you know but that, that's the way that we've got to think about it and and as Jill's just said about going back you know we've had this conversation Jill and I and and I've had that conversation with so many different people is I don't even know what back is anymore now I don't, I don't know what it was I used to do so therefore I don't know now how well, I would even to that so well that's good if um if you're thinking of a long time yeah that makes sense all we're doing now is looking after ourselves so what's the other option not look after ourselves i mean <laughs> what's that gonna do <laughs> in what in what kind of 
I don't even know. You can barely rationalise why that'd be a good idea. That's all we're doing. We're just trying to look after our health. So what's the other option? Not looking after our health. Most of us have tried that. Most of us have tried that. Oh, I don't care. Fuck it. I'll do whatever. Haven't we? I'll, I'll do whatever. We've tried that. It doesn't work. <laughs> it comes back to bite you later. It's not as happy as it sounds at first. It's a slippery slope. It looks cute at first. But when you start sliding down it, when you start looking back, if you want to go back, it's going to be an issue isn't it? And we've all had to climb back up that flipping slippery slope sometimes, haven't we? In different ways. Um, so it is forever, but it's kind of like, what's your other option? We're a human. We're here on planet Earth, aren't we? We've got to eat food. Yes. Most of us, we like food. I love food. Like when I go around for the supermarket, this is like, like some people will go looking at shoes. I like going looking at food. I'll look at all the foods. I'll look at all the calories in everything, new products. Well, I don't buy or eat most of it. Most of it upsets my stomach. I'm a sensitive Sally, but I love food. Most of us love food. That's why most of us are on the program, aren't we? So yeah, you could think, oh, food forever, but all oh, food forever, food forever. Food's good. We like food. Do we have to have some control over it? Yes, but we have to have some control over everything, don't we? Otherwise it's just going to run rampant and wild in our lives. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to say, um, when I met, when I, I've known Lynn for many, many years, because we met many years ago, 44 years, I think, isn't it, Lynn? And um, over the years, we've both struggled terribly with our weight and always fighting with it and always conversation of how are you doing and what, what diet you on now sort of thing. So when she found this one, I couldn't understand how it worked. So I thought she'd found a magic formula. <laughs> and I thought, wow, she's got some nice. magic formula. And if I join this group, I'll be part of this secret. Then they're going to tell me how easy it is. <laughs> and no point at all. Has anyone said it's easy? And it isn't easy. I'm doing it myself now. I'm actively doing it. And it is blooming hard because I'm impatient. I want it to come off straight away and it doesn't. I, I jump on the scales every morning. It's got to come off today. It's got to make my stomach's gone down. It's got to, you know. And there it is, same weight again. And last week, I was the same weight every single day, which I think didn't help me getting into the weekend, if that sounds... With, with good yeah. motivation, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, it's like, well, huh, what's the point? How hard am I trying? And it's not coming up quick enough for me. And I think that's the key point, is you've got to be patient. The first thing you need is patience. This game teaches you patience or you fail. Absolutely. There's, there's no there's no other option. It's just slow for everybody. You can kick and scream and you can, even if you try, I, well, I don't know what you ladies think about this, but I feel like if you try medium effort, you'll get medium results. And then if you want to push really, really hard and do every single thing you can, the results will be faster, but not proportionally. It gets, no. hard, it gets harder. Like doing 80% gets you a good result. But if you want to, if you really try as hard as you can, it, it speeds it up, but not loads. It's still slow. Okay, at the beginning, you can lose a lot of water. Okay, if you make loads of dietary changes, if you're doing this and that, if you've got more weight to lose. But then it settles down to everybody for a couple of pounds per week. One, two pounds a week. It always settles down for everybody, doesn't it? And not even every week. You're right, Jill. This is why I always really try to instill into everybody that after you have one weight drop, you've got to try and remember it's going to take between three and maybe more something like 23 so like three days, maybe to three weeks, maybe it's going to take for the next drop to come and, and it will come. Or if it doesn't come within three weeks, then that just shows that there was no deficit created. The weight will always come back to where it should be in about three, maximum four weeks, definitely. So it always takes about a month 
to have a full realization on what you've done. And that's really annoying. I understand it's really annoying. Um, because you do all this work, don't you? And you're like, yes, I'm under maintenance by 800. I've tried hard all day. And then you're right. You wake up the next day, you look the same and you weigh the same. You're, you're like, what? <laughs> what? How, how long do I got to keep doing this for? It's difficult, isn't it? That's why we try and do things easy ways. We try and do things habit change ways. We try and we do try and talk to people about, I do as well, about the realism and realistic goals on the process. Um, and I encourage people to lose weight as fast as they can. Um, if they want to, as long as you feel good, if you want to lose weight fast, but it's hard enough sometimes as it is, isn't it? Without making it even harder by putting pressure on yourself to try and go as fast as you can. It's, it's, it's funny all this because throughout, before Jill joined and I'd you know, been a member for quite a long time, she just kept saying to me, is it easy then? Is it easy then? And I kept saying, Jill, it's really hard. Well, how are you managing it then? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. How are you managing it then? I'm like, oh, I don't know really. She's like, well, you've never managed anything before. How are you managing this this time? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. Just am. <laughs> well, can I, can I ask you now then, whether it's now looking back or what you feel like now, why are you managing it now? Um, I, th I think there's a, there's a lot of things. I, I do believe that everybody has to come to a point in their own lives when they decide that I've had enough or this is it or now the time's right or whatever that is. And I don't think anybody can say that it's the right time in somebody else's life. So I think you know, when I worked full time and, and, you know, worked all hours under the sun and everything, my weight and health and all the rest of it wasn't a high priority. It ought to have been, but it wasn't. Whereas once I finished work and started going on holidays and wanting to wear nice clothes on holiday and all the rest of it, and I had more time, I felt as if my health was much more important. So I think, I think the timing was right for me. Um, to, to actually do something, what, what, whatever it was that I did. I think the timing was right. Um, but I think, you know, we've talked about this before as well. I, I think that as far as this is concerned, um, this diet or this programme or whatever, I think it just ticks all the boxes for me. I don't like the going to classes things. I don't like that. I don't like somebody telling me what I can eat and what I can't eat. Although sometimes that that's good if you can just have a shopping list from you know, your slimming consultant or whatever, shopping list, and you go shopping and you just buy what's on that list. But eventually that that doesn't work because you really want to be eating the things that... Yeah, in the you, short you term it's easier, but in the long term it's not, yeah. it doesn't work out. Yeah, so I think I think the not going to classes suited me. I think the being able to eat whatever I wanted as long as I counted it was really good so that if I wanted five chocolate bars, I could have five as long as I counted them or, or you know as opposed to well, once you've run out you've run out sort of thing um, and, I, and I love the group I, I love the group I love the group support I've, I've met as I've already mentioned earlier on you know I've been to a walk on Saturday and a walk today with two people who I never knew before before this this group so I've met lots of people have they become bosom friends no but have I, have I got a lot of more contacts with people who uh, like-minded or uh, similar people to me who were all wanting to um you know go for a walk now or wanting to improve the health and fitness and that so I think it ticked I think it ticks the boxes that I was looking for and I think the timing was right and uh, I think it's it's it was both of those things 
That's a really good answer. So then, Jill, what convinced you to join and try the program then at first? If you, you didn't know how it worked, but, um, you, but you did see Lynn's results. Okay, I missed some of that because it, it cut out. So oh. could you just... Yeah, sorry about that. Um, I asked what convinced you to, or what made you join the program in the first place then? Because you said you didn't know how it worked, but you did see Lynn's results. So then what happened when you decided to join the program? Well, um, I started to realise quite quickly with Lynn telling me as well that it's about counting your calories. So I thought back to years and years ago, and um, I remember it was the 1st of June and my mom and myself, my mom had quite a lot of weight to lose. We went on a diet and I must've been about 20 something. So it's over like 40 odd years ago. And um, my mom lost three stone. Now I don't think I lasted a week because we decided we'd have a thousand calories. Oh my Lord. And my mom stuck to that religiously and lost three stone fair play to her and kept it off really for the rest of her life so deeply embedded into me is calories is the only way so when you go to all these other slimming clubs and you see like oh this is free I'm like how can it be free it's got calories in you know that kind of thing so I thought I'm absolutely convinced calories is the only way so why don't I just give it a go because I'm not getting very far uh, you know I, at the time I was at Slimming World and I'm not going to knock anything because I, I think there's a lot of good for different people um, in whichever group you choose that suits you. But Lynn kept saying, this group suits me. And I feel exactly the same because I feel like we get common sense, we get straightforward, down-to-earth advice. And the fact that there is no easy way, it's going to be hard. And, and that's, what it's, that's what it is. It, you know, it's difficult. It's hard. You need patience. You need to make your mind up, because Lynn said, you've got to make your mind up why you want to do it. And for me, I looked at some pictures of last of Christmas and then the, the photos of me like the Christmas before and the Christmas before, I'm just the bloody same. Every year I spend half my life dieting, like the whole, you know, most of the year and going out and having salads and stuff. Um, but, but this time, no, it's like, no, I'm in control now. And I've felt, I've just felt, since New Year's Day, when I started properly, I've never felt better in so many ways. And like last week, I did 22,000 steps one day. It's like, hey. hello, you know, this is this is a whole new me. <laughs> oh, that's really positive. And it's really, it really lovely. Is. It's really lovely for me to hear you say that as well, because the program is built to give you control over, over your own decisions. So that, like Lynn said, she wants to eat what she wants to be able to eat you want to be able to also you you like the foods that you like and you like doing the step count people like their own goals don't they and they like people like different things so the program's made for you to understand a little bit more about food and health and fitness so that you can make your own decisions and so that you can be in more control over it so it's really it's really nice for me to see that that you're taking that aspect on it's really funny because i was just thinking just then that um, everybody who knows me knows that we've been clearing our loft out during lockdown um, and we've got, bearing in mind that it's my 40th wedding anniversary coming up so we've got 40 years worth of crap up in the loft <laughs> uh, it's unbelievable the amount of stuff up there uh, and I've kept stuff that you know just needed to go in the bin really but some of the stuff that I've kept is some letters that Jill and I sent between each other because 
at the time, you know, when I met Jill 40 odd years ago, we used to send letters to each other because there was no sort of emails or, um, you know, texting or anything like that, that we used to um, write letters, didn't we? And, uh, you know, these letters from Jill from like 30 odd years ago or whatever, <laughs> the content of them was all about weight still. You know, it was like, hey, how are you? How's the weight going? <laughs> what, what, what are you trying this time? <laughs> Have you lost any? Let me know how much you've lost, blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, a few letters later on, Eileen, how are you? How's the weight going? <laughs> oh my God, we've been having these same conversations for like the last 30 or 40 years. There's like constant conversation that we have. So it's, it just amuses me that I just think here we are now um, trying again sort of thing. But, um, but this time I think there's a, there's a real difference in both of us in that we, we don't quite recognise each other because I don't think either of us have felt so determined um, before. But for whatever reason, I don't think we've felt as determined before. I also think at the moment... There's, because pubs, restaurants, cafes, sadly, are closed, um, I just think there's never been a better time to, to begin right now. Like, you know, you can't go out and, and blow it on a, on a silly meal or, you know, have a glass of wine and order everything you had in your mind and decided you wouldn't have on the way there, you know. And I just think it's, it's an absolutely brilliant time now and you've got so much time at home to concentrate on you. And, and and that's what I'm doing. And I've got even now after this, we're off for a walk. Because I said I just said to my partner, we've got to go for a walk. So yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah, we'll go straight after. Yesterday we went walking. It was cold, but we, you know, we did um, three point something miles. So uh, it it's a really great time right now. I agree. You, oh, sorry, go. On. No, you go, Lynn. Thank you. I was just going to say, are you worried, Jill, about what will happen though when lockdown is lifted? That's a really good question because I have thought about it and I'm hoping, and this is my plan, that because I'm already embedded in a, a routine now of what I'm going to have and thinking so much more carefully rather than grab a, you know, something out of the cupboard and just eat it, you know, like one of them pop noodle things or whatever, that are like something like 300 calories and not worth it because they're full of other bits of dried stuff and everything. Um, sorry, Lynn, what was your question? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so it's so deeply embedded in me now that I am going to hope for that when they do all open and I can go out, I will make better choices and um, also make sure I don't change my mind once I've had a drink because that's what tends to happen. Yeah, and I don't know. I can't promise that's going to happen, but that's what I'm. I'm going to work on it and prepare myself for when you can actually go out. Yeah, because I was talking to Steve yesterday about the what I'm worried about with lockdown lifting is that I'll suddenly not have time to go for a walk anymore. And, you know, I, I know that you could say, well, well, you just have to make time, you just have to make time. Well, I don't. I've never made time before. I'm only going for a walk. Well, I'll re rewind. I was only going out for a walk because I've got nothing else to do. And you're allowed to go for a walk. So bloody hell, I'm going to go for a walk because that's what you're allowed to do. And now suddenly I've realised that I really like it. I really like not, not only the walk and the, the fresh air, but seeing places that I never knew existed on my own doorstep. 
and seeing, you know, beautiful scenery around where I live and the beautiful scenery covered in snow or ice or fog or whatever, I suddenly decided that it's lovely living where I live and everything. Will that be enough to sustain me when lockdown's lifted? Will I, will I have the, the will I make the time to carry on walking? And that does bother me because the food side of it is bad enough. The thought of all the cafes and restaurants and pubs opening when I'm the biggest social animal ever and, and live in those places. But the thought of doing all that, having to face all that and suddenly not walk anymore. So in my head, I'm telling myself nothing will change. I'm still going to go for a walk. I'm still going to do this. I'm still going to do that. But it will be hard, won't it? Yep. Um, I think that's a great point, Lynn, about, about, and some, sometimes it's when you are really busy, it's not always about making time, is it? But sometimes there, sometimes it's not possible. You can't create time from nowhere, but sometimes it's about prioritization and it'll be to some level up to you, what you bank as a priority. Like you said, you never found use in walking before. You never liked, you never thought you liked it before you, um, had lower mobility and ability to walk before. Yeah. And then yeah. now when these things happen, um, it'll be up to you to somewhat to fit things in and you might have to drop other things out if you want. It might be a this or this. Um, yeah. Now maybe you realise if, if you ever ask me, have I watched this on TV? The answer's no. <laughs> because you've got to make priorities. It's not because I don't want to. It's because you've got to pick and choose things. Like I used to do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. This is a martial arts that I really, really love. And I've not done it for two years or something, half coronavirus, but before that I was just too busy. And I, I, yeah. I, ju I just couldn't do everything. And despite me really loving it and wanting to do it, and I think about it every day, which way I've thought about it today several times. I think about it every day. Um, I just have to just put it to the side because you just can't, I've had counseling literally for trying to spin too many plates at once. And, yeah. get, and getting really and getting really stressed. And getting really stressed, literally. Um, so it might be just other things have to change a little bit. Like maybe, I don't know if you've got any TV watching or any other hobby or any other this or that, or the other thing that could be taken out that ju it just might have, or it should be up to you, wouldn't it? What you, how you prioritize mm -hmm. and split your time in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd like to say that um, Lynn's got a caravan and we've got a caravan and um, I don't think we've mentioned this in this program, but I live in Solihull and Lynn's in Sheffield. So we live, you know, 90 odd miles away from each other. But sometimes we've met up in our caravans and the one time we went to Stratford, this is before you'd started your um, program and she had to go and have a lie down in the afternoon. And I couldn't believe it because like, I'm older than Lynn and she's having a lie down. <laughs> and, I, you know, and looking back now, I don't think you'd ever do that now. Hey, I go for a lie down in the afternoon quite often. <laughs> Yesterday I had a nap. I'm, I'm all for naps. I'm all for it. I'm not against it. <laughs> I think, um, yeah, I can see both sides of that. I mean, having only just recently listened to the to the sleep lecture, I've now realised that actually having a nap in an afternoon is not necessarily as bad as I thought it was before. <laughs> However, I know what you're saying, Jill, because what you said on that particular day was, shall we go for a walk this afternoon? And I said, no, I'm going to go for a sleep. And I think I think part of that was I was tired and wanted to sleep. And the other was I didn't really want to go for a walk. So I'd much <laughs> prefer to go and have a lie down. And, and even if I didn't go to sleep, but go and have a lie down, then, then go for a walk. Whereas... 
now I, I I think I would go for the walk, but I still do quite I still do quite like having naps every now and again. <laughs> but um, but yeah. I would love to talk a little bit about the restaurants reopening and stuff like this as well, because this is going to be an important time, isn't it? This is going to be an important time for everybody, um, especially if you're popular, especially if you're popular. So we, we, we are going to have to be careful, aren't we, as um, people with health goals and people with weight management goals. So all I would encourage anybody to do, including myself and what I'll be planning to do, is not, not go and meet people if you want to go and meet your people. But if somebody invites you out for food, sometimes we might have to see if we can come up with a different arrangement because that many people are going to invite you out for food that it, it, it's in that one situation, you go and meet that one person for food and it's fine, it's just one time. But it'll be one time every day. And for that one person, they'll meet you for food once. Like I might go meet my friend or whatever and we'll eat food together once, that'll be one. But then tomorrow there'll be another one. And then another one. And then at the weekend, there'll be two. And then I also want to go to my places that I want to go to. Never mind where other people want to meet me too. And there'll be coffees and cakes and everything. Yeah. If, if I end up with your, um, your daughter, Louise, was the last person I ever met in person. Um, <laughs> literally, yeah. Literally, she was, <laughs> she was the last person. Uh, I, used to have, but I used to have so many in-person meetings. And if it gets back to that, if I have a, if I have a latte or a cake, every single one of them oh we just can't so it'll be but what i what i was thinking about was that during this definitely this last lockdown i've still met up with friends as i've mentioned but we've met and gone for a walk and then you know every so often as we've said we've got a cafe in the park near where i live and then we've finished finished the walk at the um cafe where you can get takeaways and yeah they do have the most wonderful cakes ever but they also just do coffees and you know diet cokes or whatever and what i was thinking is once i once lockdown's lifted with some of those friends i think i will carry that on rather than saying shall we meet and go and sit in the cafe that's good shall we still go for the walk and finish at the cafe because that's what i'm used to doing and and that, that way I can still see that friend in the same way that I'm seeing them now. And you'll get so your walking in. It's your two goals in one. Yeah, yeah you, you get your social time. Perfect. Yeah, and then that way it's not a case of asking a friend who I know actually doesn't walk to suddenly start walking. It's asking a friend who I know already walks to, you know, to not change that with that friend so that I can still sit and have something with a different friend. So at least it's not 100% going. Because that's the biggest thing as well, that... The majority of my time I end up sitting because I, I, I sit like now with things like this, sit at the computer, sit on Zoom, sit on whatever. And then in the past, walk about, you know, a few yards outside my house, get in the car, drive to a cafe or a restaurant, sit there for two hours with a friend, nattering and eating, get back in the car, drive somewhere else, sit somewhere else having a coffee with a friend, come back, sit in my house again. So... Whereas now, there's a lot of things are, you know, I'm walking up to the shops, I'm walking places, but mainly because I've got the time to do it as well. So it's, it's making sure that I don't fill the time and then don't have the time to walk places and don't have the time to fit in the walks. But like you say, there's the other side as well. There's being faced with cafe and restaurant menus again, isn't there? Especially when you've not had anything like that for a long time as well. It's going to be you know, like a kid in a sweet shop, isn't it? When you look at the, like, like Jill, I know she loves her curries and going to curry houses and that, and they've got loads where she lives. 
uh, you know, and, and the thought of going there and having that menu open in front of you and thinking, oh, what can I have? What can I have? What can I have? <laughs> you know, so we're, we're, we are going to have to be completely different when, you know, especially for people like Jill, who's sort of been, you know, started this program almost during lockdown. At least I've been out of lockdown and back in again during the time that, that you know, I've been on it. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I agree. Um, and it, it's difficult for us people that are trying to lose weight because most people in the UK are overweight. So most yeah. people are overeating and most people are going to invite you for food. They are. And they're going to overeat. They are. That's why most people are overweight because they're doing these things and they're going to try and take us with them. And if we want to, we've already tried living that life and found it not pleasurable or not where we want to be. So we have to try we we have to try and stick on our own path and do what we want to do for our lives and not just follow along with other people. And sometimes that is sitting at a cafe with someone while they eat cake and you don't eat cake. Sometimes it might be that. And you have to you have to understand that that's up to them. It's only going to take them 45 seconds to a minute to eat that cake. They're going to taste sugar for 1 minute. It's up to them whether they want to lose weight or not. For some of us in the, here in the group, we've got we've got health problems, haven't we? To to some people, eating cake's fine. It's a slice of cake. Maybe you've planned for it. Maybe you've, like you said, walked flipping two hours before you got to the cake place and you ate under yesterday. So maybe you're having a piece of cake. But some people have got diabetes and it's literally damaging them to just not to just want not want to have to avoid that situation for one minute. So it's about us remembering our goals and who we are and who we're trying to be isn't it as well? I think the other thing is though, as well, one of the things that Jill just mentioned there is making sure that when you have a drink, that then the food doesn't go out of the window. And once again, you know, that happened to me last week um, that I ended up, I, I don't drink very much at all these days, but I ended up opening a bottle of Prosecco and that, having that bottle of Prosecco, which I had, wouldn't have been that bad on its own because I had enough calories left to have that bottle. It was once I'd had that bottle, then I couldn't stop eating, just couldn't stop eating. And um, I, I know that from so many different people who say it's not the drink that, that you know, knocks me off course sort of thing. It's what the drink then makes me do. Uh, not makes me do. I don't mean that. I don't mean you're out of control. It's influence though, isn't it? It's influence. It, 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 yeah, it's because you become hungrier and hungrier the more you drink. And, and, and it lowers so your inhibitions as well, doesn't it? And it lowers, yeah. it lowers your decision making and you've also, you also think you've done one thing wrong. So forget, why don't I just do another thing wrong? Yeah. So it all, yeah. It, you've also already done one thing. So then it just, even if it's sometimes it's not even drink, like this is how if we eat one snack and then there's more there or you eat one bit of thing, then suddenly you're on another then you're on another and the more you have in a row the possibility of you having more just goes up and up and up and up and up doesn't it so it's yeah. it could be anything that could cause a spiral like that but alcohol especially because it's it has it has an influ it has an influence on the mind doesn't it and it lowers inhibitions and stuff like this and we so it does it's, it's wine and crisps these are, these are these are what people do they just go perfectly together don't they they just go perfectly together yeah yeah and peanuts <laughs> Lynn, Lynn, we're going to miss that donut on Sharavale Road. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and the shop's still there. I'll tell you, I know that it is. <laughs> but this is what we spent our lives doing, though, Jill and I. Because, like I said, we don't live near each other, so we see each other probably three or four times a year. So we'll either go to them or they come to us, or we'll meet halfway in the caravans. 
Um, but it's uh, the whole time just revolves around food. It just revolves around, well, food and drink. Um, so things will be different now, Jill. Well, you can do that when you're on holiday, can't you? You've just got to be really tight the rest of the time. If, you're, if your home life's a party, oh, hey, I don't care, we just party, and we just party with food, and you party with your health, and then you do it even more when you're on holiday, this is when it starts to go down the pan, isn't it? It's no balance yeah. at all. If you're tight at home, then if you only see yourself each other four times a year, go to a restaurant, eat food, drink wine. No one cares four days a year. That's doing nothing, is it? But what about the other 361 <laughs> others? That's where we're counting, isn't it? That's where we're counting. Yeah, yeah. Connor, I want to ask you something. Mm. When, we, when we spoke before and you said to me, um, what's been different about this diet or what's been different this time? And you've asked me that again today. You mentioned about ABC. Yes. And I've kept thinking about that ever since we spoke. I can't remember what they stood for. I know that A was autonomy. And, that's and, we thought, and that's almost, you know, that you don't tell us what to do. We choose what to do ourselves and tell us, you know, we choose what to eat ourselves and that. And I really like that. And, and one was being part of a group. And was that the B or the C? Was the B belonging? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's belonging. Well, yeah. The, what the c is then what was the c c is competence but that means education um, josie ellis josie ellis in the group changed it and this is better she changed it in my opinion she changed it to ace ace autonomy community and education that, yes that makes more sense and that makes that makes more sense for what we do anyway because technically yeah. Technically, the autonomy is not only about you guys being able to pick your own foods and pick your own goals. That is a part of it for our program. But the autonomy also involves that people have to understand for any of their goals, they have to have control over it. They have to understand that it's down to them. You can't, you can't keep blaming other people. You can't keep expecting somebody else to come save you. It's your life. You have to do it. That's autonomy as well. Belonging, yeah. belonging is community, but it's also a feeling that people have. Um, like, for example, on a podcast with Pauline, she gives a very good example where the first time or for, for a good while, the first time she was going to the gym, she felt like she didn't belong in that environment. She said she felt like the gym was for this. This is an exact quote. She said she felt like the gym was for the young and the beautiful. This is an exact quote of what she had in her mind. Um, so she felt like she didn't belong in that space or with that group of people. This is very negative for people's long-term outcomes. You have to feel like you are worthy and you are part of something. Even if it's not a community, you have to feel like you, you should be doing this thing, that it's okay for you. You have to feel like you're a part of it, even if not an actual community. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that's also the belonging. That's also the belonging as well. It's like a feeling where people have to feel like, it is for them and it is their path and they are allowed to do this thing and it's okay sort of thing. Um, and then, yeah, the, the, they've used stupid words in the science, haven't they? Autonomy, belonging and competence, just because they wanted it clearly to be ABC. Yeah, yeah they, they're clearly just arranging it with awkward words, aren't they? Because competence, yeah. it's, it's, it's education, basically. And it also means skill as well. Um, so it is a little bit well-rounded. It's not only, it's more education for us, but competence is also skill and it's also self-belief as well like people have to i suppose have a level of autonomy and be and, and have it under control to feel like they're actually it's actually doable that also falls into the competence as well it's, it's education and i don't really know another way to put it maybe feelings of success and like it's possible feelings of possibility mm -hmm. 
because I think I think that that describes it all to me. And I think if you know when when Jill and I have talked about this, and you've you've said many times, Jill, haven't you? It all makes perfect sense. There, that's the said that's the sentence that you've made said loads of times since you've been on this program. It makes perfect sense, and I think. That is it. If you're kind of person who needs to understand the, the why or the reasons behind it or the whatever, because whatever it is that I've ever done before, except when I did the horrendous Cambridge diet, where that was obvious that you're only having 300 odd calories a day, therefore you were forced to lose weight. But all the other ones where you don't have to count anything or you, you just have to do whatever. In my head, I've just always thought, I know, but how does it work? I don't understand how it works. I don't get it. I don't just don't understand it at all. And then, as we've said before, you know, when I've tried to ask those questions, the people in charge have said, well, you don't need to understand how it works. It just does, which <laughs> really, really, really... That's not good enough. That's not that's a cop It doesn't work for me at all. But, but for this... Um, I, I understand it. I, I don't like it a lot of the time because, I, as Jill says, you know, the patient side of it just frustrates the hell out of me. And I'd like it to be magic. I really would like to have found this so magic. You know, I'm that, disappointed, didn't. <laughs> yeah, so disappointed, yeah. So it's sort of like, I really wish that I'd have said to Jill, you'll never guess what, I found this absolutely magic thing where you have to do nothing at all and the weight <laughs> just drops off. Um, so yeah, I mean that it would be great that, and and that's not the case. But at least with this, I understand it. I do get it. And even the stuff to do with that, I listened to the other day, eighteen months down the line. But listen to the sleep one, as they're thinking, oh my god, I can't believe this. I just can't believe that this is really true, and that's fascinating and brilliant and everything. And all right, it's you know a big chunk of it is not weight related, but it's health related, and it's related by default to to weight and health and, and and all the rest of it but there's still loads of other stuff that I thought it's not really relevant to this but still fascinating in the overall the the bigger picture of it all and for me that I, I find all that side of it and some people might not I, I get that I get if some people will just prefer to do as they're told I think some people will prefer to be told this is a diet sheet this is what you do um, and this is what you have to eat and the weight will drop off and everything. And that may suit some people, but I'm not sure it will suit anybody forever. Might only suit you for a short period of time until you've got to somewhere that you wanted to get to. And then soon after, I don't think it would. I would bet that every single person that's joined this program has already tried it. Yeah. Because it's an easier option. And maybe it does work for some people. Maybe some people just can get a meal plan and just follow it forever until you die. Okay. <laughs> maybe they can, but... We've probably all tried that before, haven't we? We've all just tried this style of eating, Atkins, follow this plan. Weight Watchers have got their rules. Slumming World have got their rules. And you just try them, don't you? Like, you're just trying these different rule patterns, hoping that one fits your lifestyle. All we're doing here is going through an education process so that you can find out what fits your lifestyle so that you can create your own, basically. Um, and I do appreciate you going through the lectures and I understand exactly what you mean as well. It's not directly related. And this is why I always tell people you only have to listen to the first two lectures, mandatory, the rest of them, you don't technically need it, but that doesn't mean you're not making a mistake by not doing it because there's so, isn't there just so much information that actually helps you and it inspires you once you know more. And once you understand how your actual body works and why you feel the way that you feel, <laughs> it, it does help. It literally does help. Yes, Jill. 
Um, I found that sleep um, that sleep talk that you did was really, really interesting about caffeine and how long it actually stays in your system. Important, And that's yeah. one of the major changes I've made now. I only have a cup of caffeinated coffee, one, in the mornings. And I've even decaf tea now. I'm on decaf everything. And there's no difference in taste. And, no um, and um, you know, I just find that, I do have trouble sleeping, particularly at the moment in lockdown. I find myself waking up early at, at what I call silly o'clock, you know, at four in the morning and sitting up, you know, um, and it is a bit hard, but then you just got to do the best you can because um, someone was saying magnesium is good for sleep. Yeah, um, there are lots of vitamins and minerals that are linked with a lot of things like you could also say zinc's good for sleep you could also say that vitamin d is good for sleep really just it's good to just have all your vitamins and minerals rather than pick and choose because it's all very complicated with the vitamins and minerals and we don't even know in science what all of the different ones do they all do so many different things so rather than just get a magnesium for just get a multivitamin just get all of them let's just we'll just cover it and just call it done. But yeah, if you have vitamin and mineral deficiencies, your body's not functioning correctly. This might affect your sleep. It could be anxiety. It is a lockdown, isn't it? Like you said. I, I have, down to that. It could be, couldn't it? Even on a low subconscious level, even just on a if even if it's not wrecking your life, just on a little subconscious level, you're just worried about this. You're a bit worried about that. There's just these things just buzzing and it's just keeping your adrenaline slightly up and it's just waking you up earlier. I also feel this. I've also been waking up at four o'clock in the morning a lot of days, but I I just get up earlier and I just start. I just think, okay, then I'm up. If, if I just sat around and was like, oh, I'm up so early, this is ridiculous. That's just making it worse. That's just making it worse. I, I call it, I just, I just label it motivation and just start the day. <laughs> Literally, I just, lab, you, you could call it anxiety. I just call it motivation. I'm just clearly, I'm up and ready. All right, then let's get after it. So then I'll stretch my legs, drink some water, get in the shower. Then you start to feel good anyway. Do I, do you get tired really early at night? Yes. If you haven't got anywhere to be in the morning, why does it matter what time you get up anyway? If we stress about it, that just makes it worse. Doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I think the other thing is like, particularly like Linda was like us, we, we were dashing away on holiday, come back, unpack. And you got about four days and you're going on another holiday or you're doing something. And so you were constantly absolutely worn out. And now we're in lockdown. <laughs> you haven't got that constantly worn out because you're trying to fill the hours, really. That's a fantastic point, Jill. And that is a very big advantage of exercise. If you tire the body out, you tire the mind out. Your mind will stop worrying if you're exhausted. You will just fall to sleep. It's a good, if people can't sleep, maybe you shouldn't exercise straight before bed or something because maybe this gets you're like adrenaline and hormones up. Maybe it does, but if you can exhaust yourself in the day with good exercise, with a really long walk or something like that, we'll go, oh, oh. <laughs> we'll start going down on the sofa after. Good, that's good. That's why exercise has got so many different benefits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely agree. How, um, how has your weight loss been going overall then, Jill? since you since you started in January because you have been making an excellent push haven't you and this weekend it's been a little bit of a bump but what's yeah. been going on and what tools have you been using um basically writing down every single thing and calculating as carefully as I could you have like done what? really well on that as well to be fair I will give you a yeah. props you've done you've, re you've really tried hard on that accuracy I've seen it 
Yeah, and um, and basically it's coming up at one pound a week because we're still allowing ourselves that glass of wine Good. and an ice cream in the evening. However, we had a big discussion last night because I was so fed up about my way to get it, you know, the story of my life. And Martin, my partner, said, why don't we drop the wine and the ice cream? And I was horrified. Okay. <laughs> Ah, I'm, I'm Martin. I can't do that. I can't do that. It's impossible because I have to have a treat at the end of the day. So long story short, we decided to try and have no wine for three nights and just our ice cream as our treat. Because really, we used to have years ago, we used to have you either had a glass of wine or you had an ice cream. And it's become a bit of a, a wine and an ice cream kind of thing. Now, I do have to balance this with getting through lockdown because... You do need a little treat because I'm I'm a very, very positive person, likely, and we sort of shy away from negativity. Negative is to just, you know, to me, it just drags you down. So we, we've got a very, luckily, we've both got a sort of happy and positive disposition, haven't we, Lynn? And um, so I'm like, okay, yeah, I can do it, but I still got my ice cream, so, like, no alcohol because Lynn knows I like a drink. <laughs> This is, this is why you're going to win, Jill. This is an excellent... I am going to win. You are. This is why you'll be successful throughout the entire process. This is why you will succeed because you're open, you're honest. You're not only talking to me and Lynn about it, you're also talking to your partner about it. You're getting everybody involved. You're being open and honest with the people around you and in your life and saying, look, this is happening to me. What can we do? Then your partner is suggesting tools and tactics for your success back to you. This is why you'll win, because you check in every day, you try your best, you talk to people. Have you made every change perfectly? No. Are you ever going to? No. Have you overeaten sometimes? Of course. But like you said, you're chipping it away. You're coming up against an obstacle. Now you're talking to people about the obstacle and you're making plans. Like you said, you're just going to try. That's a great attitude. You said, I'm just going to try and do three days with that. Okay, good. We'll try it. We'll see how it goes. We'll give it a few weeks on that. And then we'll see what other obstacles are coming up. And you'll just steadily, just like this, step by step by step improvement that is really really good and powerful what you've done there that's the exact path to success i think i'm trying to be realistic in keeping myself happy as well with that little treat to look forward to because everybody needs that we can't go out at the moment we can't see our friends can't hug our grandchildren you know can't hug our children even and i just think we need something to keep positive and yeah, yeah if, if that's in the form of an ice cream and that makes me happy for that day, then so be it. That's my compromise. Yeah, and you can balance it other ways. Like you said, you yeah. can you could you can walk more. Like you said, you're getting your step count up. Ten thousand steps burns two hundred and fifty calories. That might burn your ice cream off anyway. Then if that's yeah. the way you want to go, you you go about it. That's one of the reasons why I exercise literally because I want to eat nice things. I like pizza. I like dessert. I like these things, um, but I still want to be slim. So I will walk, I will, and I will do the exercise even when I don't want to, I literally will, because the other things I'll get from life will be worth it. I'll be able to be in shape and, so you can balance it in other ways, definitely. Another powerful thing that I would say for everybody, it's very important, is to try and search for other ways to treat yourself as well. Because like, like you say, at the end of an evening, you've gotten through another day, you're trying to make it through this tough period. I agree, everybody agrees, we should all treat ourselves nicely, but there's more ways to treat yourself than just food. And if it becomes too much, too many treats with food, this is not treat. Like if it's every day or twice a day, this is not a treat. This is just a normal diet, isn't it? Then there's no treats. It's just normal, constant junk food eating. Treats are appropriate and fit in. And because you deserve it, aren't they? Not just every day, whether it's been crap or not, 
it's a treat, then it's not a treat, then it's just... I wonder if then, just thinking about this, Jill, and I don't want to stop you from going down the path that you've just said, because that sounds great, but I just wonder if you should ought to have a, have a glass of wine every other day rather than not for three days. And then, you know, because if you're not for three days, are you going to want like twice as much on the fourth day or three times as much on the fourth day or something? <clears throat> Whereas if, if you had it every other day, I don't know if I'm making it worse. I don't know by saying that. It just almost feels as if you could manage today without having one if you knew you were having one tomorrow. And then that day knew that you didn't have one the day after because you just, do you know what I mean? As opposed to going three days and then thinking, I can't, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. Different why. tactics for balance, isn't it? There's loads of different ways you could go about it. Yeah. So it's a good suggestion. Um, and Certainly, you know, I'll consider that definitely. I haven't got through tonight yet, so we don't even, <laughs> we don't even let's get real. And and let me just say here, I don't consider myself to be an alcoholic. I just like a glass of wine with dinner. So usually my partner and I will have a bottle of wine and we drink it, don't we? So that, I know that's 300 calories. It's a white wine. I've looked it all up. And so I'll now, I just put down 300 for my wine like every single day. I write it down before I've even had it. Because I know I'm gonna. At least it's counted <laughs> in. Tonight, I'm because he said if you don't, you can say that three writing that number three hundred down if you don't have it. So tonight, I'm not. You know, I'm gonna do it. And it won't. It won't change as much as you think. You know, like when people, whether it's wine for you, that's your perchant and preference. Okay, it's fine. For some, for for some people, it's chocolate. Some people, it's crisps. Some people, it's this. Some people. <laughs> Chocolates for Lynn, chocolates for me as well. Um, it's different things for different people. And people really do think that, oh, if I don't have... And I think we've talked about this in the past as well, um, Jill, when, when we were talking about this ice cream, because you've, um, you've been controlling this really well, and that's why the weight's been coming down. We were talking about how sometimes people feel that it's going to change a lot in their life to take out that evening snack. If I don't get that snack, everything's going to be different. My entire evening will be different. Really, it won't. It will only be different for however long you're chewing that snack for. The rest of the time, before it, you're not eating it. And after it, you're not eating it. How long does it take to eat it? Two minutes? So if your evening is going to be four or five hours, it's not going to change the entire four or five hours. It's going to change two minutes. The rest of it will be the exact same. So it's, it's these little changes. Sometimes it seems like it's going to be a big thing in our mind. And then when we actually try it, change, just taking out a glass of wine for one evening, you'll, you'll be able to do it. Maybe, maybe, maybe not obviously perfect success ratio and rate, but it won't be as bad as you think. Okay. Well, we'll see, won't we? We will. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We shall see. Um, how many? Good morning, Jill. Yes, you're, you're excellent at checking in as well, Jill. So we'll see, won't we? We'll see. I would already encourage people as well. This is a habit change tactic, not from fat loss, but just from everything is it's important to try and replace your habits rather than just remove them. Like if usually you have a glass of wine and you're sitting and you're drinking it and you're enjoying it and then you just take that out and then you just sit and just stare at the wall. <laughs> you are going to find this really boring and painful and it's going to seem friend... like... Sorry, go on. No, it's okay, Lynn, you can go. I was going to say a friend of mine, um, her and her husband, every single night at like exactly five o'clock on the dot, used to get the gin and tonics out and you know the proper glasses the proper accompaniments the, pro the whole works you know started at five o'clock had several gin and tonics and they decided to go on a whatever you want to call it health kick a diet or what have you and they had everything but not the gin 
So at five o'clock, they used to get the gin glasses out, the, all the accompaniments, but just had the tonic. Um, and they said that it was remarkable how easily they managed without the gin. And I think that's probably just because what you're saying, Connor, it was still five o'clock, it was still the same glasses, it was still the same accompaniments, it was still, they did everything the same. And it looked the same because it was clear liquid and everything, but it was, it was just tonic. And they were sort of like, obviously, you know that it's not gin. But actually, the, the habit was still the same, as, as you say, you know. So that's interesting that you say that. This is why people sometimes get along with, like, zero-calorie lagers and stuff like this, isn't it? Some people just like the taste, and you like that ritual. Carl, um, Carl and Jenny Whitehouse, I was talking to Carl, and he was literally saying that. He was saying sometimes him and... Um, Jenny, they'll they'll sit together, um, maybe not now when it was freezing, this was a bit ago, but they've got like a, a little place you can sit at the bottom of the garden and on an evening they'd sit and they'd have an alcohol-free beer, um, just like as if they'd gone to the pub for like a little sit down together. And it's not the actual alcohol, it's the ritual of sitting together, you've both got the drink, you're looking at the scenery, you're having a nice talk, you're spending time together. There's more to each habit than just that one thing, isn't there? This is what I was saying about when the restaurants release as well. We do want to go see our friends, yes. We want to be social. We want that these are the things that we can keep. You don't just want to not go see anybody because I don't want to eat. You have we have to try and balance it to get the other things out of the habit as well. And yeah, I was just going to conclude about the habit swaps. Um, for any habit really, if you just leave holes in your life where there used to be pleasure, you'll find it really difficult and you'll you'll feel like it's painful to have removed this thing because I used to feel good at this point and now I'm not doing. So it's good to try and plug it with something else that makes you feel good. Whether it's something very similar, like you're saying, Lynn, maybe you just make one tiny change or whether it's something completely different, but rather than if you use stuff, I'm making this up completely. But if you use stuff, five while 5.30, sit down and drink the wine or gin and tonic, and then you just leave that as a gap of nothing and you're just like thinking, what am I going to do? It's going to suck. You need to just replace that time with something else. Keep distracted. Stick something else in that time slot where you're going to be doing that, and then it'll lessen. It'll lessen the feeling of change, definitely. Especially if it's something else that you enjoy. Especially if it's just something else. Plug that time. It's a big encouragement for people who snack in evenings and stuff as well, isn't it? Because usually we settle down with some snacks. But if you're trying to keep your calories down, you can't just you can't just settle down munching every evening. We'd like to, but you just can't, can you? Because it's just too expensive for health and for fat loss. And I don't want people to just sit around twiddling their thumbs. So you've got to do something else. You've got to find another activity that you also enjoy that isn't chewing and then plug the gap with something else. That's a much better thing for habit change. Yeah. So some it's, people just hard, it's just hard at the minute, isn't it? Because it's, it's hard. It just feels that there's so little other things that you can do. You know, in the normal circumstances, you could find loads of different things to do. But at the minute, there's, there's not a huge choice, is there? Yeah, things are reduced. Yeah, things are reduced. We've got to work with what we can work with. You're right. We have to try different hobbies sometimes. Don't we take up different, even if it's not the preferred thing, even if it's not the first choice or the second or the third choice, it's better than no choice. It's better than feeling yeah. miserable or feeling like you've got gaps in your life or doing nothing or being bored or ending up eating because you were sat around twiddling your thumbs and then you ended up eating anyway, even though you were trying not to. Now you feel disappointed. Now it's double negative. You just got to do something, don't you? I don't know. Learn French. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever it might be. Just some, something, some form, whatever you like, some form of entertainment of something. Throughout lockdown, I was researching the Vikings. I've mentioned this before. Yeah, exactly. Who knows why? Who knows why? I had to stop eventually because everyone's called Olaf. Every single guy is called Olaf. 
So after about three weeks of everyone being Olaf, they all just blend into one and it makes no sense. It's so confusing who anyone is, <laughs> literally. But you just, got, you just got to do things, don't you? You just got to take reading, walking, home exercising, stretching like you have, Lynn. Jill, you've been walking. And you find benefits sometimes in these things, surprisingly, don't you? And you just... Yeah. Just building skills in other areas. Would you rather be doing this thing? Maybe. But it's better than nothing, isn't it? It's got to be. Yeah. Yeah. It's got to be. Um, so then, Jill, how do you feel? Might hit you with this question, Lynn, as well. As, as you're both in the middle of the fat loss process. Mm -hmm. um, how do you feel going forward on the plan then? I feel like you're quite confident, Jill, because earlier I said, this is why you'll win. And you, you said to the camera, I am going to win. <laughs> I am. But do, do you feel confident about going through the fat loss journey going forward? Or do you have any worry, worries or fears? And then I'll put this to, that same question to you after as well, Lynn. I, I think the, the biggest fear, and I, and I think it's probably something you're going to have to deal with for everyone um, uh, on the programme. The biggest fear is, what when the pubs and the you know restaurants and the shops and everything opens because i love to meet someone have a little shop as lynn knows and uh, then go and have a night you know a nice little cafe for you know a bit of lunch and i think it's just facing how we get back to that and i always used to choose salads and things as lynn as lynn knows um and do it successfully so there's a bit of anxiety there about that um I think what we should do then, sorry to interrupt, we'll, we'll yeah. go straight We'll go straight on to your next point, but I think maybe we should do a Zoom meeting and get a conversation about that specific topic then. Yeah. Coming up I soon. I, I, yeah, I think you're not going to be the only person that's worried about this whatsoever. I'm thinking yeah. about this. Lynn's thinking about this. So maybe we should get together as a team and just get some conversation going about some battle plans. Yeah. Okay. yeah. That, that would be great. Yeah. Yeah. For the rest of it, though, I'd like to say things like when I began and I went to the supermarket, <laughs> this sounds so ridiculous, but in like the things I like, like cake and crisps and things like that, I do like them, I don't buy them very often, but I just felt really, really like depressed when I'd look, like look at the things I couldn't have and all I could see at the beginning was the things I couldn't have. Is this at the beginning of this programme? At the beginning, when I started going, okay. and, you know, going shopping, lockdown had happened. If we if we go back to Jan the beginning of January, lockdown had happened, and all I could see was all these lovely things like winking at me and shouting, "Come over here, come and see me, I'm really tasty," and and even picking up things like you know you would have bought before, hardly ever buy ready meal, but when you actually look, how many calories are in things? I'm horrified. Look at that. <laughs> 1,200, I bet that without even thinking about it and I'd probably have had chips with it, you know, and you just go, but now I don't even think about it. I don't even notice those things because there's been like six weeks of not buying that stuff and I can't even buy it now on the day it's or somebody's coming or somebody might call in because nobody can come, no one can call in. <laughs> so it does change just with um, just a bit of determination yeah, that's a nice little habit change settling in fee there. You're just buying different foods. I hope over time as well, maybe you feel like this, but I hope everybody just feels differently about food. Like you were just explaining then, we used to, oh, everybody, it's just natural just to see food for what it tastes like and what it costs. You just look at your, the front and you think, what is that? It's flipping chicken arabiata or it's a baguette 
or it's a yogurt. What do you think? What is it? What is that going to taste and be like? And then you see the price underneath and you think, is that worth it? You think, do I like that yogurt enough to pay 70p? And if you do, you buy it. If not, you think, nah. Don't you? Or you think, mm, do I fancy this? Do I fancy that? But now, like you said, you're getting a different perspective. You're thinking, what's in that though? Okay, I see what it is. Flipping, I don't know, chicken biryani. I don't know what it is. <laughs> and then you see it and then you think, okay. Then you see the price and you think, okay. That now, but now there's more variables we're taking into account, isn't there? There's not just, well, I like the taste. What does it cost? There's also now let me check the calories. Now let me see what it's going to do to my health and what is it made out of? What am I actually putting into myself? And then sometimes you're right, you think, what? And it might taste nice and it might cost little, but it might cost health, might it? That calorie number might be rocketing or it might this, this and that other thing, you know? So it's, it's really good. And it does, it does work. That's mindful eating. This is why we do the program. It's just a little bit more understanding on food, seeing things a little bit more well-rounded. It settles in over time, doesn't it? It settles in. Some of those foods like Tesco Finest, as an example, they are so laden. I mean, that's why they're so tasty because they're actually laden in fat. You're exactly right. Basic, basically, if you want if you want to guess the calories, just think how nice did that taste? That's how many calories it cost. Basically, on a directly proportional scale like this, the things that taste nicer cost more calories. So if you think that was really nice, then you need to be thinking the calories are rocketing. If you're thinking, eh, that was kind of bland. Okay. Yeah, less calories because you're right. What tastes good? Sugars, fats, things like this, isn't it? These are what rack up the calories. You can still cook amazing meals though by by really being careful with the calories. You can, and you can adapt. You can adapt absolutely. You don't need to buy a particular slimming book. Although I've got quite a few good books that are calories. Um, you can adapt any recipe. Just take out the butter, you know, and you know use use fry like if you can bear it, or like a little bit, you know, if it says a, a tablespoon of. Uh, extra virgin olive oil do like um, half or a quarter if you think you'll still get that taste you're exactly right Jill you're exactly right and it's a little bit of a skill that people need to it's a good skill to learn throughout your life to be able to cook nice tasting food that isn't blasting calories just because you've thrown sugar and fat and oil and sauce everywhere and then of course it tastes good it, I, I now I, I one of my feelings towards food obviously changed over time as well I find it less impressive. I find food more impressive. If you can give me a meal that tastes good and it's decent calories, now I'm double impressed. If you give me something that tastes good, but it's flipping 2000 calories, and I know you've just filled it with oil and sugar, I'm like, yeah, that tastes nice, but it's also unhealthy and greasy to death. I'm much less impressed than this. If you can make something that's nice vegetables, good, healthy, fresh food, it's got decent calories and it tastes good, now you're the best chef in the world to me. That's phenomenal. <laughs> We can get this at home. You have to just adjust the recipes, don't you? Find pick recipes you like. Use a lot of herbs and spices rather than oils and sugars and stuff like this. Take out some oils out of some places, like rather than oil in the pan with the bottle, maybe a bit of fry light or spray oil in the bottom to save it there because you want to put oil somewhere else in the meal. So it's also weighing up what's worth it, isn't it? Sometimes you do, like you said, put a bit of butter in because it's necessary. Sometimes you miss it out because you realise you don't actually need it that much and it's not making much difference. Like sometimes, yeah, you want egg fried rice, but if you actually just try the boiled rice or the basmati rice, you might find, actually, this is not that bad. I actually don't mind this for flipping 200 calories less than egg fried rice. Just these little swaps and changes. You, you can do egg fried rice, which I've found out, without actually any, any oil. Because if you just cook your rice and cool it and then put it into your wok, 
when it's cool and do do your egg get your scrambled bit so i make a like an egg fried rice but i don't actually put any oil in it and then lots of um soy sauce low salt soy sauce this is a perfect Still tastes the same. this is it exhibit a this is exactly my point isn't it you find out that you can actually make something that's 90 95 the same but you but now you're having rice with extra protein in without too much extra fats as well because it's not just like massive dash of oil in it and maybe it's not exactly the same but you're you're saying you like it you've altered your recipe a little bit now you found a way to make it healthier but tastes good and you're still eating what you want to eat this is this is what you just find these ways over time don't you just by trying and just adjusting i think sometimes people join the program and they expect everything's just going to magically just change but it's like it's a slow process like that isn't it step by step What do you think then, Lynn? Um, how do you feel about your fat loss journey going forward in terms of confidence and in terms of perceived fear or fears or issues that may arise? How do you feel about it going forward towards the end? Um, I feel that it's harder now in some ways. <clears throat> no, yeah. it's not. It's not harder as far as I know what to eat. I know. Um, you know, lots of different cooking um, tricks or tips or what have you. And I feel if I, you know, I very, very rarely have any kind of blowouts, as I've said before, and that I just feel as if the the fat is harder to shift now. That it, that it, is what. It's what a good I'm point. Thinking. It definitely is. Yeah, your maintenance lowers as you lose weight, doesn't it? That's the game. Yeah. So talking to Jill actually this morning about you know that my maintenance I've checked it again is still two thousand, but I I don't really know whether it is or not. I don't know whether for me it probably needs to be. I, I need to be a fair number under that to have any kind of decent result. So I'm yeah. finding at the, yeah finding like now at the minute that. I'm, I'm being maintenance again. I'm being the maintenance queen again, probably for the last two or three months. Um, you know, I'll go up a bit, down a bit, up a bit, down a bit. <clears throat> so I know that that's within my own control. I know that, but it doesn't make it any easier. It doesn't make it easier knowing that. It just, I just feel as if it's hard, but but not, not hard to the fact that, so therefore, what's the point? Or so therefore I'm going to pack it in or therefore whatever. I just feel that I'm just at a point where it's hard. That, that, that's all I can say. As, as I say, I don't mean I'm struggling to know what to have or I'm struggling to, to be able to find a lower calorie version of X or Y or something. I just feel as if to, to move forwards now, I'm going to have to cut the calories lower for longer and that doesn't fill me with a load of excitement. <laughs> you, no, you, you're exactly right, though. Usually people's calorie maintenance drops by about 100 calories per stone that they lose. So you've lost three stone, is that right? Three and a half, yeah. Three and a half stone. So we could say, theoretically, on average, maybe-ish, you've probably lost 350 calories off your maintenance since we started. So what might have been a 500 deficit before is now 150 deficit, which ain't doing no fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you're, so you're exactly right. That is the way that it goes. Slimmer people require less food. Yep. So you do have to improve your eating habits as you go along. You do have to keep chipping away at it and making it better and making more improvements, which you are doing because now your step counts higher, isn't it? 
Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So now you've already done, you've already burnt 250 calories now that you wouldn't have burnt before. Now this yeah. is putting you back up. This is why the other five steps to slim are important because your calorie burns going up, your fruit and vegetable intake, good fibers for staying full for longer. This boosts metabolism slightly as well. Protein intake. Once that comes up, that boosts it up a little bit again. And it just yeah. helps, it just helps to chip away, but you're right. It is slower. Yep. Yeah. And, and but I think now, I think that now I need to probably go back. I was thinking this this morning, go back and relook at maybe the protein lecture and things like that. Because I think from the calories and the um, exercise viewpoint, I feel as if I've, I get that all now. I'm, I'm, yeah. I've cracked all that. But it's not moving really. You know, it's just not not doing what I want it to do. And well, then... well, I will say you're doing the right thing already this week because I've seen your goals this week are to track everything accurately. And before, yeah. for the last two or three months, you do know the calories in most things. I completely agree. But naturally, every human eat, wants to eat at maintenance. Eat, your body subconsciously wants you to eat at maintenance as well because that's the right amount of food. So yeah. ev everybody who tries to, it's really hard for a long period of time to eat under maintenance without correct control because your body naturally will just get you to eat a little bit more or slow your energy levels down, especially when you've got a lower maintenance now and it's harder to make the deficit. So you're doing the right thing. And you know, when you said you don't know how many calories under maintenance you have to be to lose weight, et cetera, after three weeks of correct calorie counting, you will, you'll know, yeah. you'll know exactly how many, if you calorie count accurately and you weigh in three times per week and create the correct graph, if you do it for one month and then show me this, I'll tell you exactly what number your calorie maintenance will be. Cause we'll be able to look at your weight loss or no weight loss or gain on average versus a very close accurate calorie intake not guessing this and that actually this is right every single goddamn thing it is right and it's in there and it's weighed and measured then we'll be able to see exactly but i think that i think what i'm saying is that in the past it hasn't really mattered and i've still lost weight that's what i mean so for example I'll just give you an example off the top of my head now so louise is with us at, at the minute because it's half term week and she's in our bubble and this morning I had a banana and she said something about, aren't you going to weigh that banana? And I said, well, it's just a banana. You know, I, I always have bananas every day and I always pick it out of my fitness pal, you know, as a banana. How many calories do you put for the average banana? I say 100. I was just going to say 100. Yeah. Fine. I, but, but what I mean is that when you have a look, you know, there's a small banana, there's a medium banana, there's a large banana. There is. And, in the past, just put a banana, work out that I have almost a pint of milk today, I have about this, a bit, blah, blah, blah. Because that, and I've done that, and it's it's been all right to do that, is what I mean, because the, the weight has still gone down. Whereas now, I feel as if doing that is no longer any good. So doing that now, at this point, three and a half stone in 18 months in, I've now got to go back to those things, that banana that I always pick up on my fitness pal because it picks it up straight away because I always pick the same banana, whether it's small, medium or large. You know what I mean? Then I need to go back now and decide, is it a small one or a medium? I know that in the scheme of things, that's not a lot, but it is if you do that on every item. Everything. Eat, on everything, you're guessing that a banana... Clearly, it's making you at maintenance because you're maintaining, clearly. Yeah. It's, it's making me at maintenance and I'm not happy to be at maintenance when I feel as if I'm doing well, you know, I'm, I'm being good. I'm doing well. Yeah. I'm staying at maintenance, <coughs> which is not, sorry, Jill, go on. I just wanted to say, do you <laughs> weigh the banana when the skin's off? <laughs> good point. 
it's going to weigh a lot more with the skin on and I'd be inclined to because I go through the bananas out seed mark and choose the smallest ones I can get because I like to put 80 for mine <laughs> if I get <laughs> right of my calories down so I go oh that's God, then that's too big too big too that's big yeah. so um, what's the answer Connor um it you would weigh the banana with the skin off because you don't eat the skin but yeah. it's a good question because it depends how they've worked out the calories of the actual banana, um, which I don't know the answer to. Common sense would say that the only part of the banana is you eat is the middle bit, so that's the bit they've measured the calories on. It, but I, I can't say for sure. But I think the this sort of um, moral to the story, really, once again, is you get that in your head, you know, that a banana is 100 or that an egg is 60 or 70 or whatever. You get that in your head, but then you don't take into account the fact that either you're having a bigger one, a smaller one or whatever, or that on this occasion, you're having twice as much milk or on this occasion, like you just said, Jill, you write down first thing in the morning, 300 calories for wine. But do you always have 300 calories worth of wine? Sometimes is it 200? Sometimes is it 600? No, do, it's do you always know? 300. <laughs> but do you know, I... it's only 300 if you consciously measure that out every time or you know that it's, but quite often in the in the either in your head or in the tool that you're using, you've either got that number come straight into your head or on my fitness pal, you just start typing the word banana and it picks up the one that you put in last time. It doesn't give you the whole list of choice. It puts you the one that you had last time. So it's much easier to pick the one that you had last time when actually that might not be the one that you had this time. Does that make sense? It makes yeah. absolutely perfect sense. It's going back to basics. Like I always say, if you're not weighing, if you're not actually weighing or checking the pork, because that's what weighing is. People think, oh, it's weighing. And that's annoying. They think weighing and annoying is the same word, which it is. But really, it's checking the portion. So what? You're not going to check the portions. Imagine if somebody didn't check the portions of anything that they ate. Yeah. And, cal and calorie deficits are sensitive, especially for ladies that have already lost nearly four stone. Yeah. And, and necessarily don't have the fastest metabolism. You're not just someone that loses weight pounds and pounds really easy. So the calorie deficit's sensitive. So it, yeah. it's it's straight. It's going back to basics, isn't it? It's the, yeah. the the margin for error is small, and the yeah. the ability to make errors is very large. Yeah, it? it's and very I, I large. Tell, I tell myself over and over again that to maintain at three and a half stone lighter has yeah. got to be. I'm got to be got to be doing better than definitely. I was maintaining at That's three and a half true. heavier. So um, I know that I'm doing better. Definitely. But that but that doesn't make me happy for very long. So can you, can you see what's happened with your calorie intake then? Let's say, I know calorie intake is not volume, but let's say this is your calorie intake. More is higher. You used to eat here. Now you eat here. That's yeah. what you've done. And that's caused your weight to go. Now, yeah. if you want your weight to go down, you need to go from there to there. And then the weight's yeah. going to follow it. So you're exactly right. You need to drop your calorie intake a little bit lower. Or you could walk more or you could increase your protein. Yes. These are other, not as effective, but these are other tools that you could do as well. But it's about dropping the calorie count lower. Basically, yeah. people have got two options. If you don't want your deficit to be that huge and you do want to fit in a bit of that and have a bit of this, wine, whatever it is, da, 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 then you've got to do the calorie counting properly. Or if you don't want to do the calorie counting properly and you still want to ensure a good result, you just have to create a huge deficit where there can be no chance. 
you yeah. just then you just have to go like for 1000 to what 1500 calories a day like you skip breakfast every day you eat a small lunch and then an evening meal which is not crazy and there's not snacks throughout the day you know if you just make a big deficit then there can be no there can be no chance it will just be under you don't have to calorie count then okay yeah. um but most people don't want to do that. Most people want a sensible deficit. They want to be able to eat this and that, not be so hungry, not just slash the calories super hardcore. At which point we need to do the calorie counting, don't we? Yeah. And, and it'll bring you other benefits as well because you'll be able to figure out exactly how fast your metabolism is. And I love this, honestly, I do. Because the amount of ladies that come to the program and they swear the metabolism is broken or I mention about metabolism and how many calories people's maintenance is, um <laughs> both of you pointing both of you pointing um it's so common it's so common and i say i don't know you might be right but let's check and then when people join the program and they start calorie counting and then i know obviously they're not doing it exactly right no one does it exactly right but it gives you a rough estimation of what they're eating most people's metabolisms come out faster than average most people lose weight faster than their calorie deficit under the maintenance given would dictate <laughs> literally um not everybody, of course, not everybody. Some people's metabolisms internal and some people's lifestyle and habits are different. It's true, but you'll know exactly where yours is at with correct calorie control for just like three or four weeks. Then you'll be able to see if you weigh yourself as well. I know I've eaten. No takeaways guessed, no this guessing, no, oh, it'll be fine. So we know what you've eaten and then you can see what your weight does and then you can just work out exactly based on three and a half thousand calories under over maintenance that takes it up or down. Yeah. You know exactly yeah. where your maintenance is and still it changes doesn't it like your step count's not the same every day so your maintenance goes up and down like this every day literally so it's only an estimation so but i'm to- still confident i'm still confident and i'm still going for it so i've not i'm not absolutely fed up altogether no i know you show no signs of slowing down i know you do get fed up at sometimes and i don't blame you everybody gets fed up sometimes a lot of the time i also don't want to eat well a lot of the times i think oh god i can't be bothered with this but like all of us i've tried that after i've tried the oh, i can't be bothered and if i can't be bothered for more than three days it starts to go downhill then i feel even worse so I just, so my again my can't be bothered are down to one day every so often Rather than, yeah. you know, weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. And weeks. So I know you feel up and down about it sometimes. It's tough. It takes a while. The weight doesn't always come down as fast as we'd like it to. It's, I, I, just fa- said, I said to Jill this morning, I've been saying I've lost three and a half stone for the last three months. <laughs> I just keep on saying I've lost three and a half stone. If anybody says to me, how much have you lost now then? Still three and a half stone. Still three and a half stone. So it's like, I'm better for saying that now. I want to be saying... Three stone ten or three stone twelve or four stone. That's what I want to say. That's really good. This is exactly like you said at the very beginning of the call. You said everybody gets to that point where they're ready to change. Yeah. There's a a good book about this and it's called The Tipping Point. And it's where everybody gets to the point where they've just had enough of it. Because the, the pain of losing weight is it's going to be some level of difficulty, isn't it? Doing the diet, weighing things, doing the calorie control, bit of hunger, avoiding these snacks, walking. We have to do all these things. It's going to be annoying to some level. The day that you get more annoyed with staying the same than you perceive that the change is going to be, everybody switches on a dime. Usually for, usually for people, it's that's, that's usually a, a bad thing. This is why people don't, For example, people stay in relationships for way too long when they're not going well. Why is this? Because the breakup is perceived as awful. It has to get, it has to get to the point where staying with the person feels more awful 
than you think the breakup's going to be, that's the point where you think, fuck this, <laughs> basically. Because you don't, nobody wants it to have an awful time, do they? No, we don't want the diet to be awful and we don't want to be hungry, but we have to get to the point where you think, right, I know I'm going to have to do this thing and it's not going to be fun, but it's not being fun doing what I'm doing now. So what do you want? And eventually we just get to the point where it's just time to do it, isn't it? Jill got yep. it on January the 1st. It's time. <laughs> isn't it you're getting it now you need to channel that frustration into action that frustration that you feel of why isn't it doing it make it do it this is i i my brain my my brain says to me all right then watch this that's what it says if i if i'm checking my body weight and it doesn't go down some like if i step on and it scale and it doesn't go down some people will get annoyed and then eat which is the thing that makes it go up I will see it and be annoyed and a little bit angry. And I'll say, really? Watch this then. And I'll eat even less and walk even more. And when my body's hungry, I'll say, really? Why don't you drop the weight then? Then we'll talk about food. <laughs> then we'll talk about do the damn thing. Then we'll talk about you get nothing. This is what you get, body. This is what you get. And I fuel it into motivation. Oh, really? It's not doing what I want, is it? And then watch this. Watch how much I want this. Nothing will stop me. And then power forward. Even if it's only weighing things, it's calm. <laughs> it's not even as aggressive as I just made it seem. It's just weighing things. Yeah. Even if it's a banana, annoying. <laughs> yeah, I weighed it. I did weigh it. Did yeah. you? Did you? How it many grams get... was it? I don't know. What, I don't know what a banana weighs. It was Say only again. 85. The one that I weighed this morning was 85. All right. Which then. I made it worse because I would have counted 100 before and it was actually only 85. So, you know, but hey. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. I always count it as 100 because I know that the biggest, for me, I'm also not that accurate with the calorie counting. So I guess another, I mean, I don't calorie count anymore. Even when I'm losing weight, I just control the food correctly. That's just a stage that you get to. Um, but if I'm, I do think about the calories in my head and, and tot it up in my head, roughly what it's going to be. And I just always overestimate. Like you, like you said, an egg is 60 to 80. To me, it's 100. I don't even care. Bananas, you're right, 75 to 100. They're all 100 to me. Bread is 80 to 125. It's all 125 to me. I don't care. I don't check really. I just think bread, what's the most it could be? That's what it is. And that just ensures the deficit. You know, if, if you don't want to mess about, you've just got to always make sure to be overestimating. Um, it's better to do it accurately, of course. Then you learn better about food and you keep better control over it. Otherwise, if we're going to guess, we have to guess up. Ask me what your takeaways are, you'll be upset. Anybody that sends me a picture of a takeaway, I'm like, 10,000? Definitely. <laughs> 10 damn thousand calories, that's what I vote. I always just guess it high, rack them up, baby. <laughs> what do we think then, ladies? Anything else? Nope. All right, then. I, th I think it's been a good conversation. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really good. Can't even remember what topics we covered. Loads. <laughs> can't remember which order we went with things or what questions we've been through, but I thought that was really good. Thank you for both of your insight. I really appreciate it. People love this in the group. They love to hear about other people's fat loss journeys than just me and just how I feel about the damn food, what I say you should be doing. It's, it's good for other people as well, isn't it? It's come talk about your successes, talk about your struggles, get the stories out there a little bit. Yeah. Really, really nice. Yeah. I've really appreciated it. Thank good. you so much. Okay. Okay. Well, thank Bye. you so much. Bye. 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 <laughs>